Hello, and welcome to our weekly message. In today's message, Pastor Diane begins our new sermon series called The Mountains Are Calling. This week's message is titled Climbing Realities from Psalms chapter 121. The mountains are calling. I believe that we are in for a fun mountain climb this summer. I have the privilege of kicking off the summer teaching series, The Mountains Are Calling. Consider where we live. We are surrounded by some of the most scenic, immense, and glorious mountains in the entire world. The Rocky Mountains, the Canadian Rockies, just the Rockies. They are some of the largest mountain systems in the entire world, in North America. Stretching 3,000 miles, or if you like kilometers, 4,800 kilometers, from the northernmost point in western Canada to New Mexico in the southern U.S. Okay, I'm a little bit prejudiced, but just take a drive with me as I did on Friday. Take a trip from my house to John Laurie Boulevard to Nose Hill Drive to Stony Trail to Highway 1 and zoom, you're there. I'm a mountain girl, not necessarily a mountain climber, that's for sure. But I am drawn to those awe-inspiring mountains. They just seem to call my name, and I feel strangely drawn to them. Today, we're going to begin our mountain trek in the Psalms, specifically Psalm 121, and we're going to read it antiphonally as it might have been sung in the Old Testament times. So I'm going to ask that you stand. And if you're on my right side, <laughs> I want you to read the red. Boys and girls, you might have to help their parents because they sometimes are a little slow at action. If you're on my left, would you please read the blue? I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. You may be seated. Let's pray. Lord God, I just pray that myself would be hidden and you would be out front. That our people would see the love and grace and protection and who God is. Thank you. Amen. Thank you to the worship team for that last song. And Pastor Sherry, even though she had no clue as to what I was going to be sharing today, her prayer was so appropriate. Start your climb. Let's begin by looking at two key components found in the first two verses of that chapter. These will get us started on our mountain experience and will give us a greater understanding of the ascent psalms. So we're going to look at the ascent psalms and the rhetorical question. Psalm 121 is one of 15 ascent psalms 
beginning at Psalm 120 and running through and including Psalm 134. They're called the Ascent Psalms, Psalms of Ascent, the Pilgrim Psalms, and specifically Psalm 121 is often referred to as the Traveler's Psalm. Open your Bible. Take a look at the heading for each one of these 15 psalms. The word ascent appears at the beginning of each chapter. It's a Hebrew term meaning going up, going up. In my course of study, I discovered a number of possibilities to help us understand why these particular psalms are called the Psalms of Ascent. Most scholars believe that the ascent is referring to the Israelites' pilgrimage during three annual festivals or feasts. These can be found in Deuteronomy 16.16, and it says, Three times a year all your men must appear before the Lord, the Lord your God, at the place he will choose, at the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. Now, Jerusalem was situated high on a hill. If it was, it probably still is. Which meant that any travelers would have to be going up or ascending in order to worship at the temple. It was a very long and difficult journey with numerous pitfalls, dangers, and even robbers. It took the travelers three to five days to reach the mountain. And that wasn't via car, not by train, not even by camelback. It was on foot. Secondly, some scholars believe that the 15 ascent psalms represent the 15 steps leading up to the temple of Jerusalem. Still others see this as an ascent or a traveling back after they were exiled. Whether it's the first, second, or third scenario, one thing is for certain. It was always about ascending to the presence of God, restoring God's presence for his people. The temple itself was never an end in itself, not for the Israelites, and it shouldn't be for us. It was and still is about the moving upward and onward to the very presence of God. What does the author mean when he states, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And why end that marvelous statement with a rhetorical question? First of all, when we lift our eyes to the Lord, we acknowledge who he is. In other words, folks, get focused on what matters. It's a Hebrew way of saying, I will notice I will consciously pay attention to, I will reposition myself. So it's an emphatic statement. My help comes from the Lord. It's got power. Now why the use of a rhetorical question? The author, possibly and probably King David, begins with a confident statement. I will lift my eyes to the hills. And he follows that up with a question. So everything that follows that would suggest a faith-filled, hope-filled answer. Our help comes from the Lord. And we will see how that confidence is confirmed in the following verses. I would surmise that the author is saying, and to us today, 
Get focused on God. Realize and remember who you're looking at. Be assured of God's character as you climb. Be assured. You can be assured by understanding God's character. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In Old Testament times, mountains signified a place of worship. The mountains were and still are a universal symbol of the nearness of God. Maybe that's why I feel so drawn to them. He's saying, of course that's where our help comes from. But the image of mountains can also symbolize escape, freedom, conquest, even protection. Just consider, and some of you are mountain climbers, the image of mountains, pardon me, consider someone standing on the pinnacle of a mountain shouting out, I've arrived, I made it, I did it, I accomplished something. When the psalmist asks, where does my help come from? It's like saying, that's where Yahweh dwells. That's where you can find him. And that's where you'll be safe. That's where you'll be protected. That's where you will understand God's character. And that's where I want to be. What characteristics of God do we find in verses 2 through 8? He is our helper, our caregiver, our creator. He is always present. He is wide awake. He's our protector, our preserver. And I like this. He is available 24-7. Each of these characteristics provide proof that we can put our total confidence and trust in him, regardless of anything. When we feel discouraged, depressed, desperate, alone, or are filled with questions, wondering what our next step in life will be, it's in these times that we need to be reminded our help comes from the Lord. Can you say that with me? Our help comes from the Lord. The imagery seen in Psalm 121 is designed to emphasize the Lord's overarching care. He does not keep us only during the obvious difficulties, but he keeps us during those less obvious but equally challenging day-to-day -day moments in our lives. In essence, there is not a place, not a time in our lives that we should not acknowledge the Lord's presence and providential care. Folks, honestly, life is unpredictable. Our mountain climb will be unpredictable. Sometimes you feel like saying, wow, I didn't see that coming, and I love surprises. Other times it might be, wow, I did not expect that. I hate surprises. This past season of almost two and a half years, we have faced a myriad of changes, challenges, setbacks. But truthfully, difficult times are not exclusive to a pandemic. Troublesome times and challenges seem to pop up routinely throughout life. So the question is, what do we do in those moments? What do we do as we're climbing to the mountain peak? How do we handle the pitfalls and rocks 
the steep upgrade, the course corrections. It's not enough to just admit that life is uncertain. We must get to the place where we acknowledge God's role in our story and that we are not in control. He is. To trek with God up to the mountain peak does not mean that we will not face some very real struggles, problems, challenges. But like climbing a mountain, as we journey with God, putting our hope and trust in him, we can realize that there is a better way to live. Look back at Psalm 121. I will lift my eyes. When you say this, you were saying, I will notice. I will consciously pay attention to and reposition myself. I will look to Yahweh, the eternal God of hope. The life to which God calls you does not require eyes shut, minds closed off. In fact, it's just the opposite. We are all facing factors of the unknown together, with or without a pandemic. According to Psalm 121, in the, in the ascent to the Psalms, God is there. God can be found. Isn't that beautiful? Our sovereign Lord is watching over us. He's protecting us from harm physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually. He covers us with protection. He is our provider in every way. We can approach the mountainous obstacles with hope. I want to challenge you to make your climb intentional. Practice and develop how you approach your personal spiritual mountain climb. Be ready for the easy stroll by the riverside, but at the same time, be prepared for the rugged uphill challenges. Just maybe you have been feeling spiritually depleted. Is it possible that you have left God out of your own daily regime? Let me challenge you to first begin your day with God. Express gratitude like the psalmist. Pray for the day ahead and delve into his word daily. There's nothing legalistic about it, but here's the point. Do it before anything else. You and I need the words of God at the forefront of our mind. And as you've heard me say it many times before, we need them firmly planted in our hearts. Second, worship is essential. Whether you're high on the precipice of the mountain or struggling in the pitfalls of the climb, align yourself with God in worship. But don't just worship be your go-to on the weekends. Incorporate it into your life. Develop a worship experience that works for you. Now, on a side note, worship includes a lot more than just mu music. It's so big. We're going to leave that for another message. And Pastor Sherry, that one's up to you. Third, prayer is the language of our dependence on God. Keep pouring your heart out to him. Don't hesitate to share your worries, your fears, your doubts, your dreams, your hopes. He cares. He protects. He provides. He comforts. And he keeps you. Fourthly, and you might think this is strange, but I think it's important. 
Rest and take care of yourself. Be assured that the one who watches over your every moment, your every setback, every boulder in your trek, he is always on the job. He doesn't shut his eyes. He doesn't sleep. There's no 10 to 15 minute coffee breaks with him. He's always available 24-7. Ask him, what is my next step, Lord? Where do I go from here? You might be feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, tired, exhausted by your current situation or trouble. But God is not. Lean into him. Your mountaintop climb. As a follower of Christ, more than likely you've experienced one or possibly several mountaintop experiences. So just to name a few. It might be the place where you first gave your heart to the Lord. It might be a revival or deeper life service, church camp or retreat. A time when you spent, sensed God especially close, leading you to go deeper in your faith journey. Maybe while on a missions trip. How about at Bible college, university, or studying for a degree? During Sunday school, youth or young adults. While immersed in a Bible study, on an actual mountaintop, where you felt so intensely close to God, your creator. How about when facing a huge challenge or difficulty, and God met you right there? These can be moments or longer periods of time. They are times when we experience God in personal, intense, and intimate ways. But the question becomes, what will we do with those mountaintop experiences when we return to the valley? There's absolutely nothing wrong with having a mountaintop experience. They can be fully genuine. They are moments we experience God in life-changing, incredible ways. You come home with this new zest and vigor for life, committed to living fully and exponentially, passionately for God. But, life happens, and over time, you retreat to the normal, forgetting what it felt like to trust God in the mountain. We so easily forget the promises, the commitments we made during that exhilarating time, often growing cold and indifferent. The term mountaintop experience comes from those moments in the Bible when God revealed himself to people on a mountain. Never underestimate those experiences. We can see in the Bible times and places where they were mightily used. For instance, the testing of Abraham in Genesis 22, the receiving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 19 and 20, and the transfiguration in Matthew 17. Each one of us have differing experiences. God knows us intimately. He knows our personalities. He knows how our brains work and what our responses will be. One thing to remember, we need to use what we've experienced on the mountains to affect us in the valleys. If we don't use what we've experienced in the highs to affect the real day-to-day -day life in the valleys, 
we can easily go slip sliding down and crash at the bottom and our growth will dissipate. Allow those mountaintop experiences to deepen your day-to-day -day journey. Process it, work through it, deal with it. Give yourself time and space to work through what God has done for you on the mountaintop. Journal and reflect. Spend time alone with God. Immerse yourself in his word, the Bible. Find a way to grow deeper in your faith journey. Set aside time to pray. Share what took place with a friend. Commit to whatever follow-through is needed. This might be a great time for deeper involvement in the body of Christ, possibly right here at Harvest. Maybe you've realized a new passion and you want to put it into practice. Or God convicted you of something that you now need accountability for. Find someone who will help you be accountable. We need to process the experience to be able to face the valleys that are sure to come. We need to gain a deeper grasp of how that intense moment fits into our everyday lives. The question is, will you enter into that change as you walk down the mountain into the valley when reality strikes? When you're up on the mountain, it is so easy to give God praise, right? Been there, done that? We find it easier to thank him, to praise him, to rejoice in him when we're up, when everything's going well. We're just enjoying that panoramic view that God gives us. But when life happens, we find ourselves sliding down the mountainside. We're no longer up. We are in the troublesome times of the valley. With its bumps and bruises, rocks and boulders, it hurts. It's uncomfortable. It sucks. The hospital visit the loss of a loved one, the job that no longer exists, the rebellion of a child, the marriage that is falling apart. Looking back over the valley from the mountaintop shows us the beauty of what grew there. Look back with me. How did you grow in your mountaintop experience? How did you grow in your valley experience? How can God see you through the rough times as easily as you do when you're on the mountain. Looking back over the valley from the top of the mountain can show us just how God provided for our every need and how he guided each and every step, even when we sometimes don't even realize it. God must lead us back down from the mountain to the valley again and again. It's there our faith is tested, refined, and we grow to be more like him. So let's bring it home. Your mountaintop climb. Think of the mountaintop experiences that you've had. So I want to challenge you, just in closing, with three simple questions. Where do you feel that you need God's help the most right now today? When climbing the mountain, what are the pitfalls and dangers that you are facing? Are you able to trust God today? Are you able to trust him in the valleys, 
just as well as you trust him in the mountaintops. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word that touches our inmost being, our hearts, our minds, our thoughts. And Lord, I pray that the words from Psalm 121 will cause us to dig in and dig deeper and get a better focus on you. Lord, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you and to take up the challenge to be walking with you diligently day by day, moment by moment, whether we're in the difficult times of life or in those great highs of our spiritual journey. Help us to realize that you are our God, our protector, our provider, our constant 24-7, and that we can trust you. And Lord, if there's someone here today that is struggling and is having trouble, whether it's on the mountaintop or the valleys, Give them the word that they need today to continue on. And we will thank you and we will trust you in our climb. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our weekly message. Life is full of its ups and downs. The journey of life is not smooth, but has valleys and mountaintop experiences. No matter what happens, our God is in control and he does not change. There's great comfort in that. Jesus is with us wherever we go, whatever we do. Thank God for the gift of his presence. Thank you, King Jesus, for being our help, our support, and our comfort. If you're experiencing challenges and hardships and would like prayer, please email help at hhhurch.com. That's help, H-E-L-P, at H for Harvest, H for Hills, A for Alliance, Church, C-H-U-R-C-H, dot com. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you and help you find the support and resources you need. Know these words from Numbers chapter 6. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. May God bless you as you go into the remainder of your day to be the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus.